Hello, and welcome to The Point Being, a weekly podcast with all you need to know pulling data from Ipsos Public Affairs. Here we dive into the latest public opinion research as it relates to the news of the day. I'm Kate Morris, a data journalist at Ipsos, and I'm joined by my colleague, Sarah Feldman. Hey. Also a data journalist at Ipsos, and welcoming back to, uh, research lead, Chris Jackson. Greetings. Uh, from a hiatus last week, and um, Mallory Newell as well. Hi there. Welcome back, Chris. I'm glad to be back with all of you. Thanks. Good to be back. Over to you, Sarah, for a rundown of what we'll be discussing. Yeah, after a brief, a brief break last week, we're coming back swinging today, and we're going to get into where Americans stand on the politics of the pandemic, who they blame for the moment we're in, the latest data we have on vaccinations, and what all this might mean for the future. So, Mallory, let's start at the top on this lovely Friday morning. Um, how is the pandemic influencing politics right now? Hey, Sarah. Um, I, I think it might be less of a lovely Friday morning for President Biden. You know, yes, the government is not shutting down. Big question mark on his hallmark infrastructure deal. Um, and we've released some polling this week that shows that you know, there's been some erosion in the president's standing um, kind of across the board on issues, but really on, you know, his marquee campaign issue and sort of one of the biggest reasons why he was elected, which is handling of COVID-19. Um, and I think just to kind of step aside for a sec, the way that you actually framed that question and what you said leading into it is really interesting, the politics of COVID. And that speaks volumes about the time that we are in and really the time that we've been in um, over the past couple of months going on pretty much a year. Um, you know, the, the pandemic and many other issues in Washington are, you know, heavily politicized right now. And at the very top in the executive branch, we're starting to see that kind of wearing on President Biden a little bit. Um, so a couple of examples. First, our, our latest ABC News Ipsos poll, which came out just two days ago, um, found that President Biden's approval rating on um, a variety of issues, you know, from his handling of COVID-19 to um, Afghanistan, to infrastructure, uh, is all eroding a little bit. Um, you know, uh, our ABC News Ipsos poll found that Biden's approval rating on COVID, though it is still above 50%, uh, it has dropped by uh, double digits, 12 percentage points, um, since you know, the time right after the inauguration. Um, so just a little bit of kind of wariness in how the president is handling COVID. And it's not just one poll. You know, I'm talking about this erosion. I'm talking about um, kind of the president standing softening by triangulating three different polls that came out this week. Um, in our Ipsos core political numbers, President Biden's approval rating is now overall in the high 40% range, you know, and it's been below 50% for about the past month. We've kind of come into this territory where um, more people disapprove of the president on the whole than approve. 
And finally, uh, this week's Axios Ipsos Coronavirus Index uh, asks a slightly different question. How much trust do you have uh, in this person or this um, institution to provide accurate information about COVID-19? And in our Axios polling, we see that fewer trust uh, President Biden to provide them with accurate information on the virus. that too has slid to under 50% and is also down double digits, 13 percentage points, kind of similar to the shift in ABC since his high watermark right after the inauguration. So to answer your question, right, how is the pandemic influencing politics? Why does, why does this matter politically, right? You know, we've talked a lot about just partisanship and, um, Biden's base and, you know, heavily entrenched sides on everything. But like politically, this matters because, like I said, Biden was largely elected to get COVID under control. You know, COVID is his sort of marquee issue. um, And there are signs that, you know, he's really being tested lately. Um, And that I think that goes for other issues as well. You know, I called out infrastructure at the beginning because this is this is sort of a big week for that to see if if the president's plan can be pushed through. Um, Now, I think it is important to remember that the number one influencing factor on trust in various institutions, on approval of various politicians really depends on your partisanship. It is, you know, which which team you root for, which side you're on. Um, And for the president, you know, he never really had Republican support. Right. Um, In back in January, right after he was um, inaugurated, about 20 percent of Republicans trusted Joe Biden on covid. That's not nothing, um, but it's certainly not anywhere close to a majority. And, you know, On the other hand, about nine in 10 Democrats trusted him on to provide accurate information on COVID and about 60 percent of independents. Um, We've kind of seen his standing eroding relatively evenly across the board, whether you're a Democrat, an independent or Republican on this question of trust. You know, Democrats and Republicans, he's dropped by about 10 percentage points for each of them. But I think uh, perhaps more telling is, you know, he's he's losing independent support in slightly larger numbers. We see this in his approval rating. We see this on the question of trust. And and it's these independents, you know, not the people who are going to be with him no matter what, not the people who are going to be pretty much against him no matter what. It's the people in the middle, the independents that he really does need to kind of hold on to particularly as we inch closer and closer to um, a midterm election year in 2022. Yeah, you know, as you were talking, Mallory, I think what popped up for me is that underpinning the question of how Biden handles the pandemic is this more basic question of who do you blame for the continuation of the pandemic? Because, you know, absolutely, a couple months ago, we were like, well, maybe this is kind of rolling down and coming to an end. And that's not where we are now. And um, 
partisanship has a really big hand to play in making sense of who people blame for the pandemic. And that really comes into play in this interesting question we re-asked in our Axios Ipsos coronavirus tracker where we ask respondents which people or groups they blame for the rising COVID cases or new strains of the virus. And overall, Americans pretty squarely pin the blame on the unvaccinated, followed by Trump um, and people from other countries traveling to the U.S. But, you know, as with most things, as we, Mallory talked about, as I alluded to up top, um, Things look a little different when you break it down by party ID. Uh, Republicans are much more likely to blame people from other countries traveling to the U.S. for the proliferation of the pandemic, followed by the unvaccinated and Biden. And for Democrats, it's the opposite. There's just a real strong sense that this crisis is being driven by the unvaccinated, followed by Trump and the conservative media. So, you know, as we've talked about before, partisans live in different political realities, and that influences their whole relationship to where we are now in the pandemic, um, what's happened over the past 18 months and counting, and ultimately, partisanship will play a role in where we end up on the other side of this. Yeah, and related to that theme of kind of different political realities and different realities more generally, we've also seen a split in views um, by primary source of news throughout the pandemic. And of course, that's always that's connected to partisanship as well, naturally, with certain political groups gravitating towards certain news sources over others. Um, yeah, and throughout the pandemic, I mean, we've seen people who tune into Fox uh, tending to see COVID as overhyped or the COVID death toll being exaggerated. Um, whereas people who who tune into uh, newspapers like the New York Times or the Washington Post or um, outlets like CNN um, kind of taking the opposite tack. So definitely uh, mainstream news or sorry, news source is something to take into consideration when we're uh, thinking about how people are interpreting the, the virus, the pandemic and how to move forward. And another uh, uh, topic du jour in the news lately has been ivermectin, which is being hyped as a cure for COVID. Um, it's a deworming drug, and so far it's not proven as a COVID cure, but it's definitely got a lot of attention. It's a um, deworming drug for for animals. <laughs> Most yes. often, not always, but, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so... And even with this question, too, we also are seeing in our data uh, with, uh, with in our uh, survey with Axios that people have very different views on ivermectin um, depending on where they get most of their news. So um, people who tune into CNN and MSNBC or major newspapers, over just over half of them um, believe that it's dangerous and ineffective. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you have people who tune into Fox News and conservative online news sources who um, tend to be more open to it, either saying that it's um, safe and effective or that it's unproven um, and worth doing more research. The reality is it's the jury is kind of still out on it. It may be, this, this drug may be a, a, possibly a, a cure for COVID, but um, I mean, we can't say at the moment, um, but what we can say definitively is that it's politicized like everything else or most other things in this country. Um, and as a side note on um, using ivermectin more generally, um, Axios also tells us that the unvaccinated are far more ivermectin curious than the vaccinated. Um, and the vaccinated are far more likely to see this as a dangerous and ineffective treatment. Again, this all kind of segs back to partisanship ultimately. Um, 
But uh, jumping from that to the unvaccinated, Chris, um, can you give us an update on where the U.S. is on vaccinations at the moment? Yeah, thank you. Um, and just before I do that, I do think it's worth noting, uh, Kate, from the point you were just making, that even controlling for partisanship, the news outlet does have a pretty significant impact. So, for instance, among Republicans who get their news from Fox, they're more likely to think ivermectin is effective or, you know, at best sort of worth doing more research on versus Republicans who are getting their news from other sources, right? So there is, independent of partisanship, uh, a, a real impact of, of news source that I think is always worth, is always important to keep in mind. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the vaccination effort, you know, it's one of these things where I think a lot of people think that it's sort of stalled out and hasn't really changed much since the summer, but that's not actually true. We actually have seen over the past couple of weeks, past two months or so, uh, the vaccination effort in the country, with adults at least, has continued to sort of make slow but consistent progress. And right now, uh, the CDC actually has about 77% of adults, that is people over the age of 18, uh, have gotten at least one shot. Um, and our, our most recent Axios survey has 79%, you know, within the, the margin of that, uh, showing that it is sort of climbed from sort of that 70% threshold we reached sort of the end of June, early July, when the effort really seemed to sort of stall out for a while. Um, not huge difference, right? But but it does suggest that the combination of the Delta variant and sort of the uptick we've seen over the last couple of weeks and concern, as, as well as the mandates we've started seeing rolling out both with the federal government and with employers, uh, have been having some impact. And we've seen the number of Americans who are in the hard opposed to the vaccine camp declining as well over that same time period. So again, through most of the spring into sort of midsummer, about one in five Americans said that they were not at all likely to get the vaccine. They were sort of a hard pass. Uh, that number declined a little bit in late summer, July and August. And now we have it in our most recent wave of Axios that came out early this week is 12% of Americans who, who are in that hard pass camp. So again, it's not huge, you know, sea level changes of, of, of this opposition, but we've gone from one in five Americans being dead set against getting the vaccine to one in eight. And that's a meaningful difference. Uh, uh, over over the last two months. Um, but what we're seeing is as the sort of the, the picture shifts, we're being left with an increasingly sort of hardcore group of people who are opposed to getting the vaccine, right? So essentially what the vaccination effort and what sort of all of these mandates and requirements and rules and just sort of the impact of, of fear uh, of Delta is doing is it's sort of peeling off the gettable people and leaving the people who are the most opposed to that. And we see that actually in the data when we ask people about what the impact of various things would be on their likelihood to get vaccinated. And when we asked 
the unvaccinated in late August, if their employer required it, would they get it? We saw almost half of the unvaccinated say probably yes, maybe yes, 44 percent. Um, and that number's dropped actually to just over a quarter, 29 percent now. And the way I actually interpret that is not that the unvaccinated have become less resistant to the mandate. It's just that those people who were willing to get vaccinated because of the mandate have then gotten vaccinated and they're no longer in that group of people. So we're left with the unvaccinated that are the most resistant, right? So there is, I think, a a reason to believe that we may not see necessarily significant additional declines in the number of Americans who are opposed to the vaccine. So, you know, we currently have in the Axios poll, 79% saying that they're vaccinated, another 8% saying that they're likely or maybe would get vaccinated, and then 12% not at all likely. I think, honestly, what, what this data is suggesting is that the the United States may actually cap out at about 85% of the adult population that's vaccinated. Now, it may be impossible to really get it much past that mark uh, with at least sort of opinions as they are now being driven by, you know, the culture wars, bipartisanship, by media source, things like that, that like what Kate was just talking about. But that's where we're sort of headed. So the vaccination effort is still making progress. It's just not... Uh, not necessarily likely to get to that 100%. And I think one of the questions is, and something I'm actually going to look into in the next couple of days, is how much of that remaining 20% that's not vaccinated have actually had COVID-2 at this point, which I think is mm-hmm. probably going to be a high number um, so that we have actually some at least partial herd immunity type level because I, everyone's either gotten vaccinated or have had COVID by now. Um, Cause we are seeing, you know, with the Delta variant, we're seeing cases dropping and they're dropping relatively yeah. quickly, which suggests that at least this particular surge of the virus has sort of run through sort of the easiest uh, hosts that it could get to. And I think it becomes a question now of does a new variant emerge that's more able to evade the vaccine or able to evade prior uh, infections. And I think that's sort of the risk as we're going forwards. Um, but, you know, I think these these sort of questions really are going to be the things that tell us what's going to be happening for this sort of short and midterm future of the country and of the economy and of our people are going to be sort of able to get back to their lives like we thought we were going to earlier this summer uh, is is going to really be playing out here over the next couple of weeks, month or so. Yeah, or hopefully 85% turns out to be what we need in terms of getting to herd, herd immunity. Um, Here's hoping. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, thanks to everybody who tuned in this week. Um, beyond the Axios polling and our ongoing consumer confidence tracking data, we have a really interesting poll out uh, this week from ABC News looking at Biden's approval ratings, which um, Mallory mentioned at the top. In addition to that, there's a new survey with Reuters out on views on the possible government shutdown. So again, all this and more can be found at ipsos.com, news and polls, and you can follow us on Twitter at ipsosus. Thanks again for tuning in and please join us next week. I'm Kate Morris and you can find me on Twitter at Callison Morris. I'm Chris Jackson. You can find me at JCB Jackson.
I'm Mallory Newell. I'm at Mallory Kate. That's Kate with a C. And I'm Sarah Feldman, and you can find me here next week. Thanks. Take care.